When you look at First Peter, and, and I, I've spent some time, and in the introduction, um, Peter refers to people as aliens or foreigners or sojourners. Um, and then he, he names where they're at, but I'm just going to read uh, the first part of this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. <clears throat> so he's talking, you know, when we, when we look at that and you, <clears throat> and you see that word aliens or uh, strangers or sojourners there, I don't think of myself that way living here in Riverton, Wyoming. I've lived here a long time. I know a lot of people. I don't, you know, see myself as being a stranger in this community. And that's a little bit of what he's, he's referring to here, that there may be some people that have been displaced through some, some persecution going on, that they're, they're there for those reasons. But as we look on in First Peter, we see that he's also talking to us who live in a place that's very familiar to us, Yet we still need to look at ourselves as not being there. You know, um, we're, to be, we're to be looking for something else. We're to be looking for something beyond as Christians, you know, and, and that's who he's addressing here, um, Peter, is that he's addressing Christians in a country, in, the, in these cities that... that <clears throat> Some are new Christians, some are old Christians. Some, some may have actually been around when Peter preached at Pentecost and went back to their home communities there in these communities. Some may have been converted through some of Paul's missionary journeys because this is some of the area that Paul had gone through. Not all of it, but some of it were, were areas that Paul had gone through. And at the writing of the uh, time of this letter, um, which they placed between 64 and 65 AD. Paul had probably been um, martyred by this time. Um, and so some of those people may have seen that. Nero would have been starting his persecution of the Christians during this time because he decided that he didn't like Rome anymore and wanted to burn it down. So, and he blamed the Christians for that. So persecution had begun. Um, but he's, he's addressing us. And, and do we look at ourselves as Christians as not being here, but not fitting into our society the way non-Christians do? We, sh we should, as Christians in our society today, we should stand out. We should be standing out like a sore thumb that people should look at us and go, what is wrong with them? Why do they act that way? Why do they do the things that they're doing? <clears throat> and, you know, he talks about, he continues on, and, and why, we why we should be standing out, why we should be um, not like those in our society that are around us, the, the people that are there, because 
were blessed by God the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercies has caused us to be born again to a living hope through, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved for us in heaven, who are protected by the power of God through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you may be distressed by various trials. So he's talking about our inheritance and our inheritance in heaven. And people who aren't saved, who don't know Jesus Christ, don't know about that inheritance. They don't know what we're talking about when we talk to them about heaven. They, they think, oh, it's a nice place. I hope I get there. You know, I'm a good person. Um, if God's really a loving God, he's not going to punish me and I, and I should make it to heaven. That's a lot of what our society thinks today. And yet scripture is very clear that there's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ. And that inheritance that we receive by accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior is eternity in heaven with him and God that will be revealed at Jesus's coming is, is how he puts it, you know, and when we, when we pass on, we're immediately taken there. But if for as long as we're here, we're to be about doing the Lord's, what he's, what he's placed us here to do, which is again, that part of being an alien, someone who's not a part of the culture. We need to be somewhat countercultural in what we do in reaching out to people. We need, you know, um, John and, and Tom, the last two weeks, uh, kind of preached on similar themes here. And one, one of the themes Tom brought out, or one of the things that Tom brought out in his message was, you know, it used to be years ago, back in, in the 50s, the 60s, and even into, into the 70s, if you built a church, if you had good programs, if you had a good, uh, you know, a good pastor, and people would just come. They, they, they were looking for places. Whether or not they became Christians or not through that, I don't know. I went to church growing up, not, and it was way after I got out of high school and stuff before I became a Christian. So, and the church I went to was not a gospel-believing church. It's a tradition-believing church. So, and <clears throat> those days, though, are, have passed. You don't, you know, it's, this isn't field of dreams anymore where, you know, if you build it, they will come. We, we have a building here. We have, and, and some people do come, but that wasn't God's purpose for the church. God's purpose for the church was to go out to go out into the community, to go out into the world. And, and that's what Peter's addressing here with them being aliens and foreigners, sojourners, you know, people that are, that are living in an area that, that are a part of a community, but they're going to another place. They have a home that's not there. This is not our home. We have another home in heaven that we're going to be going to. And we need to be about, sharing the gospel with as many people as we can 
to have to give them that opportunity to accept Christ and and be a part of of that great salvation and and being in heaven with Christ when when he when he returns or when we're called home and that idea of of that great salvation and what what it what God did for us to be able to have that by sending his only son, Jesus Christ to, to die for our, to die for our sins. And then to provide us the Holy spirit as the comforter, the one who, who encourages us, who helps us through our trials and difficulties. As he mentions here, um, even for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials it doesn't really go into any detail of what those trials were, but if you look throughout the gospel, you see where um, a, a number of the apostles and a number of the saints went through various trials. Paul especially went through a number of trials during his missionary journeys. He, he was, uh, him, him, him and Silas were arrested, thrown in prison. Now, how many of us here have been thrown in prison for the gospel? No hands, so. But we we all have our own trials, and especially in our society today, those trials are becoming more and more um, focused on Christians. Our the culture that we live in, the the cancel culture. You know, if if you come out and say you're a Christian, they they can't they want to cancel you right now. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to hear you, and that that's a trial that we have to deal with. Um, sorry. <laughs> so we have our, we have our own trials today that we deal with each, each and every one of us. As I was preparing this message this week, um, and I don't know how many of you know, I work for the school district. I'm in charge of the technology for the school district, which means I take care of a bunch of computers and servers and all sorts of techie equipment, which I could go into great detail about, and I could get excited about it. Alan might get excited about it. The rest of you would probably be bored to death. So, um, but we, we were making some changes in our main hub room. We had to take down a few of our computer systems. It's right toward the end of the week where usually that's when I'm putting on the final touches to a message and when I would preach and trying to get things wrapped up. Well, our student information system went down Friday afternoon. We, we, we brought it down on purpose because we had to move some things. We put it back in the rack, we pulled it up, and it didn't reboot. I was there till 1 o'clock Saturday morning working with tech support. We still didn't get it resolved. I was back at 9 o'clock Saturday morning till 2.30ish yesterday afternoon before we got it done. That took time away from me doing what I normally do, the routine I like to try to keep when I'm preparing a message. <clears throat> was that a huge trial? No, wasn't. But it was a little trial. Satan was trying to mess with me as I, as I look at it. Um, he didn't want me to come here this morning prepared to give you guys a message. He wanted me to call Ozzy and say, Ozzy, I'm bailing. You're up. <laughs> and these these different trials various trials that he's talking about he he goes on so that the proof of your faith 
being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So these trials that we go through and the little things that we always, that Satan will, will pull up and that people throw in our way, because if you're not a Christian, Satan's going to use you. And Satan is trying to, to get to Christians any way he can and to try to make us ineffective, to not be doing what God wants us to do, which is to share that gospel of Jesus Christ. He'll put fear and, and doubt, try to plant those seeds in us so that we back away from what it is God has placed us here to do. Um, <clears throat> You know, but our faith, the, the faith that God gives us that we build upon Jesus Christ and him alone, that faith is strengthened. It's, it's more, as Peter says here, it's more precious than gold. Um, you know, I, I could make a joke about the economy now, but I don't think I will. Uh, <laughs> you know, rather have faith than money in it right now anyway. So um, it's worth more. <clears throat> but... You know, Peter is saying that, that gold, which was the primary form of, of monetary, gold and silver were, were the main forms of money back in those days. Um, and, and, you know, we all strive to make a living and, and to do those things, but we got to realize that our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone is worth more than any amount of money we could ever have. You know, you think about... Um, it's in the book of Acts where uh, the one, the one uh, he, was, he was a sorcerer who had kind of come to Christ, and he saw these guys doing miracles, and he offered the apostles money to have that gift to be able to heal people. And they're like, put your money away. You don't understand. This is not something you can buy. This is something that God gives you. And the salvation... And to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ in the glories and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. The prophets in the Old Testament were always, you know, looking toward a time of the Messiah. They had, there were many prophecies about Jesus in his first coming that Jesus Christ fulfilled completely. And there were a lot of prophecies still unfulfilled that he will fulfill in his second coming. But they weren't, most of them weren't, you know, they were looking for themselves, obviously, but realizing that this was future, that this was something that they would not see in their lifetime. It was to come. So they were, they were 
writing and prophesying these things to the next generation and the generation after that, as, as Peter is saying. And then even those who share the gospel with us are looking toward that next generation also. That person who came to you at some point in time in your life and shared the gospel message with you. And we all have a story that we could tell others of how that happened in our lives, who that person was and what that meant to us. Those people were looking toward the future also. They were, they were sharing that gospel message with you so that you in turn would take and share it with someone else and share it with someone else. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about working with the children and children's ministry is just that reason. Those kids need to hear that gospel message from, a, from an early age. They may not understand it completely. They may not accept Christ when they're young kids. But planting those seeds at an early age so that the Holy Spirit can continue to work in their heart and in their life and bring that to fruition, because I can't, I can't save anyone. I can't, I'll, all I can do is share the word that's in God, you know, the gospel here. The rest is up to God. God is the one who saves people. <clears throat> and, you know, these things that we have and that we take for granted sometimes as Christians, <clears throat> these are the things that angels, as Peter says in, in the last part of this, this verse here, um, these are things into which angels long to look at. They long to see these things. Angels are created beings just like we are. They're, they're servants of God, but they don't have what we have, and they long to see those things. I, you know, I can't imagine. I ha, I, honestly, I, I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around that part of this as to that idea of, of angels longing to, to see and have what we have as, as people, as human beings created in God's image. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which, you, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, and going back to this idea of being a sojourner or an alien, someone who's not of this world, we need to be preparing ourselves. And he says here to prepare our minds. And how do we prepare our minds? Prayer. This, this, this is one of those times where, you know, I wish I had the little kids here because then I could point and say, how do we prepare our minds? And, and they, you know, usually the standard answer is Jesus or God. And, the, and those are both good answers, trust me. But we prepare our minds um, for action by reading scripture, by studying God's word. And that sometimes goes beyond Sunday, Sunday morning here. And that should go beyond even your Wednesday night group or your Wednesday night group, um, your life groups. <laughs> they don't all meet on Wednesday. Um, your life group studies, 
You know, you need to be in the word yourself. You need to be studying and reading the word yourself. And, and sometimes more than just casual reading, but really studying and digging into a passage to know what God is saying in, 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 those, in those passages. And then taking those and applying them in your heart and in your life to be able to share that gospel message. Keeping a, a sober, being sober in spirit, you know, that's our, our society and the way our world is today um, with so much of things going in a way that is not viewed as, in, in any way as being Christian with the LGBTQT and movement and just um, other, other things out there that are, are pulling away from church and the gospel message and, and what Christ is truly trying to say in his word to us. Being prepared, being sober in our spirit, showing, showing the love of Christ to all of those we come into contact with. You know, because that a lot of times in our in our society today, and and Alan and Miriam reach out on 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 the reservation around, and they come in contact with a lot of people who are just hurting, hurting people, hurting spiritually, hurting physically, and just showing them the love of Christ, reaching out, helping them with maybe getting a place to stay for the evening, or some food. You know, if, if you look at, at in the Gospels where Christ, Christ met a lot of people's physical needs so that he would be able to share the gospel with people. He healed blind folks, and then he would, he would sh- share the love, of, the love of God with that person. <clears throat> we, need, we need to look at this the same way. We need to be those that meet physical needs as well as spiritual needs. We can't just focus on the spiritual side of things. We have to go beyond that. We need to stand out in our culture now as people who are willing to, to do things for folks that others wouldn't. You know, you look into the life of the early church, and during a number of plagues early on, it was the Christians that would go in and, and nurse those people who were ill and dying at the risk of their own health. They didn't know what was causing the plague. They just knew people were sick, and they knew that they needed to care for those people. And so they would go in and care and take care of those people's physical needs, as well as sharing the gospel with those folks. And we can't really share the gospel if we don't know it. And that's the part of having your mind prepared to share. And then you know, we need to, to stay away from those temptations in, in, our, in our former life. Um, I've been a Christian now for 40-some years, and I still struggle with anger. And it's, it's better than what it was, trust me. But I still, there are still certain things. If I get around certain things, and, and these are still the same things that tipped me off before I was a Christian, and I would go on one of my rants, that I, if I run into those things today, I, I can still be drawn into that and go into a rant. Um, so those, those types of things we need, we need to be aware of. We need to know 
that there are, there are always things that Satan is going to use to trip us up, to throw at us, to get us to stumble. If you address the Father as the one who impartially judges according to each one's works, conduct yourself in fear during the time of your stay on the earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Our human fathers, you know, and, and as a father, I do things to try to have an inheritance to pass on to my, to the, my children, um, financial as well as, as spiritual inheritance. Um, but the inheritance that we have from God is, is more precious than anything we could leave our children. You know, as parents, I, it's, it's so important that you instill into your children that gospel message, that love for Jesus Christ. And the plan of God's salvation, as he says here, was something that was foreknown before the foundation of the world. This, is, this was God's plan from the very beginning, that Jesus would come, die the death he did for our salvation. And if, you know, we've not seen Christ. None of us in this room have physically seen Christ, yet we love him. We've not physically seen Christ, yet we obey him and, and trust him. That's the faith that we have in, in the gospel messaging, in what God has given us. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your soul for the sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart, for you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. As Christians, you know, the song says, they shall know we are Christians by our love. When people see us, do they, do they see that love of Christ coming out of us? Do they see the love of Jesus for them? But when they come here where it's, a gathering of Christians, which is where Peter is kind of going with this part of it. Do they see the love of Christ being shared between us? Or do they just see a bunch of grumpy people? You know, do we smile? Do we share that love of Christ? Do we have an excitement about what God has done for us in our lives? I mean, if you think about it, no one else gave their life for you. They, no one gave their life for me that I'm aware of that I can spend eternity in heaven for sure. Um, you know, only Jesus Christ came and died for you and me on the cross. We should be excited about that. 
we should be excited to share that with everyone. The Word of God, we should be excited to share the Word of God with people. Um, you know, as it says here, we'll all come and go in, in our lifetime. We're here and then we're gone and someone else is here and then they're gone. But God's word never changes and is always here. It never changes. It's always the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and so is his word. And that's the word that was shared with, with us when we became Christians. Someone shared that gospel message with us, and we accepted it. And that's what we need to be doing with all of those people that God puts in our path. We need to overcome those fears and those anxious things that we might have about sharing the gospel about, oh man, I don't want to mess it up. I got to do it right. I got to have all the words just right. No, you don't. You just need to trust in the spirit. God will use whatever word you give to that person. He will work it into their heart because it's God who brings those people to salvation, not us. We're just a vessel to share God's word. And that word is never changing. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for your word, Lord, that it never changes, that it is truth. Father, I just uh, pray that you would be with us. Um, just help each of us to be aware of those moments and those times where you put people on our paths that, that you want us to, to just um, rely on your strength to, to share the gospel with them. Father, we just uh, thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, and we just ask for your blessings upon each of us. I just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.